0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, everyone. i just going to, I love it when y'all say that. I'm just going to get my little business together. Ratch, quickly. Uh, how is everyone doing? Everyone good? Is there, um, is there football happening today, or what's, what's going on? A little bit? All right. Oh, the sun comes out, that's it. All right, well, thank you all for being here, the tried and true. I really appreciate that. All right, like Brianna said, my name is Shawna Boren, and I am here, so Greg is away down in Pennsylvania um, at a conference, and um, I'm just happy to be here with you guys. Now, for the past couple of weeks, we have been in um, a series on the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts. Um, We've been spending the last couple of weeks talking about the various ways in which God speaks. Now, when we say spiritual gifts, there is no... Need to get nervous or be afraid because this is, this is not anything spooky or hooky or weird or loopy This is just simply talking about the various ways in which God speaks um, We are primarily looking at the manifestation gifts These are also known as the charismatic gifts um, And we are doing this because many of us here come from varying church traditions and church backgrounds. We have different histories and different backstories. And so it's good just to kind of come together and uh, see where we all fit together on this, see where we land on this. So we're kind of discussing uh, spiritual gifts. We're talking about the way in which God speaks and um, letting you know kind of Woodland Hills stance on it. And um, hopefully we can all... Move forward together. During our first week during the series, Greg kind of introduced the series and kind of did a brief overview. And then last week, we got to hear about words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And if you've missed either of those, I do encourage you to listen to those via podcast. Um, They're super helpful. It's just really good, especially when we're in a series, to make sure that you're getting all of it. Today, we're going to continue on and talking more about some of the gifts. Um, And I just was so excited when I knew that I got to be a part of this particular series because I firmly believe that we here um, Are out there that are believers in Jesus Christ serve a God who is alive and active We serve a God who is alive and active and moving and doing and being in this world today and so the ways in which we get to experience this action, this live God, is through the various gifts of the Spirit. I was also a little nervous because I know that some of us out there have had uh, not-so-great experiences or we're a little nervous about um, things that we've seen or witnessed or heard. And so, again, with those varying histories and backstories, I know that there's some things that maybe need to be healed a little bit or some... Um, thoughts that need to just be tossed aside and so we just ask everyone to come with an open heart and an open mind and trust God to speak to your heart to speak to your life to speak to you where you are because he does speak and he is speaking daily amen so several years ago uh, my husband Scott and I um, hosted a small group in our home every week Now, for those of you who know what it's like to have people in your home every week, you have to have a little time of tidying up A little bit of cleaning up, putting stuff away, you know, stuffing stuff under the bed or whatever you do to tidy. Unless, of course, you're having the people over to actually tidy your home for you. (laughs) That'd be a fun group. But this was not this group. This was a small group that we were having. And so we were busy tidying up. And that was my focus. You know, I've got, um, you know, there's six of us in our family. So we've got mine and Scott's things that have to be tidied. We have four children. So we have those things that have to be tidied. You know, the kitchen, just the various areas that are going to be seen. The areas that are not going to be seen, who cares? But the areas that are going to be seen, we've got to get those all tidy. And as I'm busy um, kind of doing some of that and Scott's helping, he comes to me and he um, is holding his side and he's like, oh, I just don't feel very good. My stomach hurts. And honestly, quite frankly, I was a little annoyed because I'm like, look, man, we're trying to get this house <laughs> tidy for the group to come so we can, you know do life together and experience God together and you're coming at me with oh my tummy hurts and I was just not, I wasn't very happy about it. So, um, he, and then, so he goes away. I don't know why but he goes away. And so he comes back and he's just looking even worse. He's like I, I, babe, I don't know. I, something just doesn't feel right. And so again I'm focused. I have a task. And this man is coming at me again with his tummy ache. And so I say to him, babe, it's probably gas. Why don't you go upstairs and take care of it? I will deal with this. You go up there and take care of that, and we'll be all well and good. Aren't you all glad that you don't have me for a wife? <laughs> Long story short, um, we had group Scott is still hurting by this time his face is super pale and he's clammy and he's got the sweats and his stomach is kind of swollen and we have a nurse in our group and she's like um I don't think Scott is well so yeah we spent the night in the ER and he got his appendix removed I don't say that story. I'm not telling you that story so that you can all think I'm horrible and uncaring and unloving. I'm telling you the story because this is what happens in our lives. We can sometimes get so focused on our agenda. We can get so focused on our tasks, what we have to do, what we've determined needs to be done that we can miss some very important things happening right in front of us. Am I the only one who has ever just been so focused on, I gotta get this done, that you miss what's going on right in front of you? Oh my goodness, you guys, God is speaking to us all the time. He's, he's whispering things into our hearts. He's giving us those nudges. There's signs around us all the time. What we've got to do is quit looking at our agenda and our list and take a step back just to kind of see What's going on around us? We've got to be able to take a step back, take our eyes off of our stuff to see what's happening all around us. And this brought me to a quote I came across this week, and this is by a man by the name of Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, for yep, for those of you who don't know, is an African-American film writer, producer, actor. And uh, he said this, and I loved it. He said, we need to clear away the noise and the clutter so you can hear from God. We need to clear away the noise and the clutter so that we can hear from God. I fully believe that there are several moments throughout the day when we need to just take a moment to clear away the noise and the clutter and hear from God. Every day, there are those moments in our life where we just need to take a deep breath and just let things go and just tune in to what God is saying. And it doesn't have to be huge and elaborate because, you know, it could happen while you're driving your car. It could happen while you're at work. It could happen while you're um, preparing. It could happen cooking a dinner, preparing a meal, whatever. But you just need to take that moment to just release the clutter. Get, w- get rid of the clutter and all the things that cloud our minds and hear from God. Today we're talking about the power of words. The power of words. God is speaking. He's speaking to us. God is speaking through us. And his words are powerful. Our words that we use with one another are powerful. They can be encouraging and uplifting, but they can also be damaging. The power of words. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you that we can lift our hands to you and we can worship you and we have the freedom just to be in your presence here today together, God. Lord, I pray that you would help us now in this moment just to take the clutter out of our minds, take away the noise, and let us hear from you. Allow us to fix our hearts and our minds on you, God, and hear what it is that you have to say. Father, I pray that your words would be spoken I pray that your spirit would penetrate hearts. Father, I thank you that you are alive and active. I thank you, God, that you are roaming about the earth looking to do kingdom business, oh God. I thank you that you are here today with us, amongst us, empowering us, equipping us to be your kingdom children. We thank you, God, for what you will do and what you have done in Jesus' name. Amen amen all right, so um, During the time of our passage that we're going to be looking at uh, There's a little situation happening and that we're going to look at the background of that. Okay, so we're looking at a passage in first Corinthians now during this time in history there are uh, various churches throughout Corinth that are meeting together, uh, learning from one another, worshiping Jesus together, and the Apostle Paul was kind of overseeing them. And so whenever little situations would arise, he would um, address those situations. So what we see here when we're looking at this scripture passage from Corinthians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to these, this particular body of believers at this particular time. And he's instructing them on a couple of particular matters. He's kind of taking care of some business, okay? So these are people who I said, like, when you think of a uh, church back then, don't think of this situation here with, you know, hundreds of thousands of us gathered together, but it's really more smaller house church situations. So these are people who are in, in life together, doing life together. They know one another. Um, their community is very strong. And so um, as they're interacting with one another and as they're learning and growing together, sometimes little issues arise. And Paul, kind of as a father, would sometimes have to deal with those issues. He was kind of taking care of business. He was making sure that everyone kind of came together and came into alignment, making sure everyone was on the same page. In my family, we call this come-to-Jesus moments, yeah. <laughs> uh, and these usually happen in the morning when we're trying to get everyone together to get out the door, and everyone has their own agenda and their own thing that they want to do and don't want to do and want to eat and don't want to eat, and so uh, we have a little come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> this is what we're going to do, you guys. We're all going to get on the same page. This is, what we're, this is what's happening Um, And this is what has to get done right now today. Come to Jesus. And typically, when mama has to have those come to Jesus moments, um, my kids know that they've kind of been acting a little too goofy. And so now my oldest son, who's 11, um, he's learned a few things. And so whenever we have one of those moments, he'll come up to me and say, oh, mom, I love you. Give me a big hug. Oh, yep, son, I love you too. Mom, you sure look beautiful today. Alright, All right. All right. It's, it's good. So this is kind of what Paul was doing. He was just kind of just saying, okay, things are going fine and well, but there's a few little things that we need to take care of. We need to kind of take care of some business here. We need to kind of put the family in alignment and get it all um, kosher. And so they had uh, one of these moments. This particular group of believers were experiencing some powerful manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When they would come together for worship and for fellowship, they were experiencing the presence of God in some very powerful ways. And so some very cool things were, were beginning to happen amongst them. And we know this because of a certain portion of scripture that we can look at. It's from chapter 1, and it's verses 4 through 7. We can see how this particular group of believers were learning what it felt like to be experiencing being used in the spiritual gifts. We can see where they were beginning to... um, be gifted to minister to one another. And they were seeing what it felt like to be used with this kind of gifting. So it says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus to be revealed." So the problem that Paul is wanting to address with this group is not a lack of spiritual gifting, because they were beginning to experience that, and they were beginning to see that manifest within their gatherings, but rather the way in which these things are being played out is what he's having to um, address and pay attention to. What was happening was, as some of them were beginning to realize that God could use them in these spiritual miraculous ways they were beginning to feel like that caused them to be a bit more important than others. They were even kind of beginning to privatize and personalize the gifts so that they would have a greater standing within the community. It's kind of like you have a bunch of children, like brothers and sisters, trying to one-up one another. Well, you can do this. Well, I can do this. Oh, you've got that. Well, I got this. And so it was becoming a bit of a competition to see who was more spiritual. And the way in which they gauged their spirituality was with the types of gifts that they were being used in. And so Paul kind of had to address all of that. He was attempting to say, okay, now let's, the giftings are good, but let's bring it back and remember what it's all about. This is about serving the community of believers. This is about serving one another. And so it's against this backdrop. This is what's going on. So Paul says to them this in 1 Corinthians, and we read it in chapter 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. What we see here is Paul just reminding them of a couple of things. Number one, we are all, he's saying to them, and we can um, believe that still today, that we are all the body of Christ. We are one body, but we all have different parts and different functions within the one body. And so all who are in the body of Christ have equal standing and equal importance, All who are part of the body of Christ have equal standing and equal importance. It does not matter your station in life. It doesn't matter your history or your background. You can be the wealthiest of people or the poorest of people or somewhere in between. We all have equal standing and equal importance in the body of Christ. And since, amen. And since we are equal, and because our standing is equal, we can know that the way in which we're gifted is also it also has equal standing and equal importance. And the gift should be used as a way of caring for and seeking the common good of all. The gifts are not meant to one up one another, to say, oh, I'm more spiritual than you, and oh, you're not so spiritual, or oh, you look at that, or ooh, don't look at that. No. The gifts are meant. To care for the common good of all. And if we understand that about the gifts, then we should also understand about the Holy Spirit, who's the giver of the gifts. And the role and the purpose of the Holy Spirit is foundational if we're going to understand the spiritual gifts. Now, when we say the Holy Spirit, what we mean by this is simply the presence of God. The personal presence of God. We feel it when we come together to worship him. We feel that personal presence of God. You feel it when you're praying or when you're um, you know, just having some time with the Lord. It's that personal presence of God. It's that presence. It's that spirit that dwells within us. It is God with us in this moment right now. The Holy Spirit is God with you. God did not die, God is alive and well and dwells with us, within us, every day, every moment. And you see, it's not just a personal thing, although the Spirit dwelling within us and God with us and His presence is powerful and beautiful and very personal, but it's also empowering. It is empowering, and this presence, the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit allows us to be and do what we could not be and do on our own. The empowering power of the Holy Spirit allows each and every single one of us to be what we cannot be on our own and to do what we cannot do on our own. And if you are alive and breathing, then you have somebody to be and you have something to do. And it is the power of the Holy Spirit that will enable you to do that. The power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to interpret things and understand things that you maybe didn't otherwise know or understand. The empowering power of the Holy Spirit. The empowering power of the Holy Spirit enables us to affirm Jesus is Lord over our life. To affirm Jesus is Lord over our life is not simply to say a phrase, Jesus is Lord, but to affirm Jesus is Lord over our life is to mean that every single aspect of our life is yielded over to him. Every moment, every day, every breath, every step is yielded over to his lordship. All of our life, all-encompassing, aspects of our life is dedicated to honoring Christ. But we can't do that on our own. We will drive ourselves mad because we're not able to do it. But the power of the presence of God through the Holy Spirit lets us dedicate our entire life unto him, allows us to submit everything to him so it's not something that we have to work up and do we just have to allow the spirit to work within us to enable us and empower us to yield to him every nook and every cranny of our being and doing should be submitted to the lordship of jesus that means when you're dealing with your family that means when you're dealing with family you don't like (laughs) you got to submit that to the Lordship of Jesus that means our friendships our neighbors our social situations our co-workers all of that should be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit dwells within you he empowers you to do those things during the week and a lot of times on the weekend I work retail that's my job that's my vocation And while I'm doing my job, I strive to do the best that I can because I want to be a good employee and I want to be successful. I enjoy my work. But even above that, I am a child of God who has the Holy Spirit dwelling within her. And that means I have a kingdom job description. That means that when I walk into my store, yes, I do what I'm supposed to do as laid out in my job description, but I'm also paying attention to the fact that I've got a job description from the Almighty God, and there are times in which I need to pay attention to that even more so than my natural job description. There are times when um, in my store, and I deal primarily with women, that I uh, have to pay attention to certain things. Because you know what? There is a kingdom business happening right there in the store. There are things that God desires to say to the women that I come into contact with. Sometimes it's just listening instead of um, uh, selling product. Sometimes it's it's holding a baby, so she can look around, a li- so the mom can look around a little bit. Sometimes it's it's a smile. Sometimes it's even a it's a word. But I'm telling you, it's powerful because it's kingdom business. Now, if you were to go into my store, and it's in the Rosedale Mall, if you were to go in there, chances are you're not going to see you know us all laid out praying and you know this big hallelujah thing happening. But that doesn't mean that kingdom business isn't happening because why the Holy Spirit that dwells in me goes into that store when I go to work Therefore the Holy Spirit can be at work while I'm there and the same is true for you If you work at Costco, guess what? You're taking the kingdom business in there with you if you work at the holiday station kingdom business can happen there too if you work at Target, if you work at a big corporation, if you're self-employed, if you care for children at home, if you um, care for older adults, whatever it is that you do, whatever your vocation is, do all that you can to be a good worker. But also know you've got a kingdom job description happening at the same time. God wants to speak through you. He wants to empower you. And he wants to encompass all aspects of your life. And that means when you go into work, you take that kingdom business with you. And you pay attention to see how God moves and works through you. There are no two different value systems. There is not a divide between the sacred and the secular. It all comes under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't stop there, you guys. The Holy Spirit desires to flow through us, and the way he does that is by giving us unique spiritual gifts and abilities. Every single person sitting here today has unique spiritual gifts and abilities, I do not care if you don't believe it to be true. I am telling you, the Holy Spirit has given you special gifts and abilities. It does not matter your gender. It does not matter your culture, the color of your skin, how well you speak English, how many languages you can speak. It doesn't matter whether you have money, you don't even know money if you found it. It doesn't matter if you're educated, uneducated. You have gifts and abilities that the Holy Spirit has placed within you and he wants to flow through you to touch and reach others. We do not need to believe the lie that we're no good or that we've got nothing to offer because that is an absolute lie. God has gifted you. God wants to flow through you. The spiritual gifts are given to individual believers for the common good of all. We want you to believe that you have value and we want you to know that God has gifted you and you need to know that, but it's not just for you it's for the common good of all. The gifts that we are given are not meant for us just to hoard and keep and be proud of. They are meant to be given out for the common good of all, given to others. The gifts are diverse. Remember, we're one body, but many members. Just as we are diverse, the gifts are diverse. And because we all look different, think different, act different, the gifts will operate differently because that's the way the kingdom works. The beauty of diversity coming together in unity is the way the kingdom works. And it's so glorious and so powerful. And that's what God is desiring to do through us. All gifts are equally important for the enrichment of the community. Never feel like what you have to offer is less than. All gifts are equal. What you have to offer is just as important as what the next person has to offer. What you have to offer in your quiet way is just as important as what is offered up here more publicly. Everything is of equal importance. Also, it's very important for us to know that the variety of gifts has no correlation with your status or your importance in the world. I don't know what your status is or where you rank among the who's who of the world. That has bonkers to do with how the Spirit desires to gift you. It does not matter. If people think you're somebody, great, God still wants to use and gift you. If people think you're nobody, doesn't matter, God still wants to use and gift you. Your status in the world has zero to do with the Holy Spirit's gifting flowing through your life to reach others. The variety of gifts are available for us all. The variety of gifts need to be um, accepted and embraced and used to flow through us all. We can read in verse 7 where it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So whatever gifts that we are given, whatever gifts that we feel that God is using us in, are not to exalt ourselves, but rather are designed to serve the good of the community, designed to serve the good of the church, designed to serve the good of one another. This is all about belonging to and serving one another in Christ. This is all about me belonging to you and you belonging to me and us as brothers and sisters belonging to one another and serving one another in Christ. Because it is by that, by our service toward one another and our love for one another, that they will know that we are believers and that God is alive and real. It is by our service and our love toward one another. Now the particular gift that we're going to look at right now that we're going to focus on is the gift of prophecy. Now, I know when I say prophecy, some of you may have certain thoughts that come to mind that are positive, and some of you may have other thoughts that come to mind that are negative, and that's okay. We just ask that you submit it all to God and let him kind of deal with that, deal with you where you are. But basically what prophecy is, when we say prophecy, is inspired utterances. It's just a form of God speaking, inspired words spoken of God by God through others. And we can define prophecy as a spirit-inspired message given for the purpose of encouraging, exhorting, and guiding the community. That's what we're talking about when we say prophecy. Throughout history, and throughout biblical history, and throughout church history, the prophetic word has been seen, shown in a variety of ways. Um, Some of those ways include angelic visitations, uh, sometimes it's an audible voice. Sometimes it's an inner voice. Other times it may just be a phrase that's impressed upon you, um, impressed, impressed upon your mind. Or maybe it's a leading um, to a certain scripture passage that you're, that you're to look at and pay attention to. Other times the prophetic is displayed as a vision that you may have or a dream or a picture that you get or an impression that you get. Um, there are various ways in which the prophetic gifting can go forth. Now, in my and in my husband's life, we have. Um always tried to have people in our life that we are like-minded we're you know fellow believers people that we know and trust and that know us and trust us and you know when you're doing life within a community together you're speaking into one another's life and you're encouraging one another and you're helping one another and that's kind of the way it's meant to be you guys even if you're the most independent person and you have all your business together god never intended you to do this alone God intended you to be with other people, with a community of people that you can interact with, that you can process things with, that you can learn from, and that you can teach as well. We are communal beings, and we are meant to do this life with others. And so in doing this life with others, there have been times when God has used people within our circle to speak to us. Um, and encourage us or caution us about something. And a couple of years ago, we were making a pretty huge life decision. And while we felt like it was of God and we felt led to do this, um, there were still some questions that we had, but we were continuing to move forward. And one of these people within um, our circle um, asked to meet with us for coffee. And they simply just said, hey, listen, as, in praying for you guys about this next step, I just have this one, Im, this one impression, and I feel like I'm supposed to share it with you. And this one impression is caution. Now, at this time, we didn't understand what that meant, what caution meant. We felt as if what we were about to embark upon was um, ordained of God, and we had heard his voice to do it, and so we really didn't know quite what to do with that. And unfortunately, because we didn't quite know what to do with that, we really didn't pay too much attention to it. Now, several months down the road, some stuff began to came up, come up and we were able to remember our friend's word of caution and see how, had we paid attention back then, Had we heeded that word, we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief, we could have saved ourselves some time, we could have saved ourselves some money, and done things a little differently. But we didn't necessarily pay attention fully to what was being said because we didn't understand it. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes God speaks, we don't know what to do with it, and so we just kind of still go on about our agenda. Well, learn from that. Now, during this same time, we had another friend who, again, we trusted and we, and we knew um, would pray for us. And this friend had a picture, a dream, and she, and she told us that in this picture, she saw the six of us, me and Scott and our four children, on a big inner tube uh, behind a speedboat. And we were going along and the water was choppy. And so we're kind of being, you know, swayed back and forth to and fro. And it's kind of stressful and kind of scary, she said. But then it changes and the water becomes calm and it's the six of you together. And you're on this tube and you're all there and there's joy and relief and happiness. And you guys are going to be okay. Now, again, I did not fully nor did Scott fully understand what this picture meant. But we logged it in our brain. And I tell you what, there was a time not too far down the road when we were in a time as a family of just immense struggle and turmoil, and there was fear, and we were scared, and we didn't know what the heck was going on, and we weren't sure where God was in the situation or what, what was supposed to happen. But then we remembered that picture, and we knew that the waters are choppy now, but that the smooth water was coming. We also knew that the six of us, our family, we would be okay. And that we would be together and that there would be joy on our face and there would be hope in our hearts. And so sometimes a prophetic word is meant to give you encouragement and comfort to remind you of God's presence in your life even when things aren't going so great. There are times when a prophetic word would be used to remind you of God's presence when you're in the midst of darkness and when you're in the midst of a struggle. When you're in the midst of that, it's good to remember upon certain things that we've heard said to us from the voice of God to give us that hope to know this situation right here isn't going to be forever, that there is smooth water coming and there is joy and there is hope to be had. It's a powerful thing when God uses your brothers and your sisters in Christ to speak his hope, his words of hope to your heart. And we needed it and we loved it. and It it really helped us during that time. There was another time when my husband walked into, because he works out of the home, so he walked, this is while we were living in Houston, he walked into his office, and he has um, bookshelves and books, because he's an author, and that's what he does, and so he has books everywhere, but he said he saw five particular books, just kind of like, come out from the bookshelf, like kind of come out to the forefront from all the others. And they were all on a certain topic. And so as he began to process this little vision that he had with someone, um, things began to come into play that directly impacted us being here now, like us leaving Houston and coming back to be a part of Minnesota. A lot of that came from that vision that he had of these books coming out and then processing that with the community to see what God was trying to say through that. So God is speaking he speaks prophetically. We need to be open to hear what it is that he has to say. The purpose of prophecy can be found in 1 Corinthians 14. The purpose of prophecy, it says here, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. And then it goes on to say, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. The purpose of prophecy is to strengthen one another, and to encourage one another, and to comfort one another. What prophecy is not, what we are not talking about, are those huge, grand, thus saith the Lord moments. What we're not talking about are words used to control others, or words used to coerce others into action. Prophecy is not judgmental. Prophecy is not belittling. That is not what God would do to you. That is not the point of prophecy. Prophecy is meant to encourage and to guide and to edify and to console. But it is not controlling. It is not coercive. It is not judgmental. It is not belittling. Prophecy is also not willy-nilly. <laughs> do you all know what willy-nilly is? It's, <laughs> this is the deal. God is not confused. He's not, you know thinking this one day and thinking that the next day. um, I know that you all here are very mature, and you would never, ever um, say God said something that he didn't say. But unfortunately, I've told you before that I went to a Christian university, and there was a whole lot of God said this, God said that, to kind of further personal agendas. In particular, amongst single people, God told me I'm supposed to date you. God told me now I'm supposed to break up with you because he told me I'm supposed to date her. (laughs) Don't be blaming God for any of that nonsense. That's willy-nilly. If God told you you're supposed to marry Sally, you know what? Don't tell Sally that God told you that. Just let let Sally accept that she likes you first. (laughs) And then we'll see where it goes from there. (laughs) Prophecy is not willy-nilly. It's not meant to further our own agenda. So don't be slapping that God said sticker on stuff that he had He did not say, and you've got no business saying it either, okay? So it just takes a little bit of maturity just to keep our mouth shut when God did not speak. Now, right on the heels of prophecy, we read about this thing called the discerning of spirits. And the discerning of spirits is basically uh, one of the roles of this gift seems to be the ability to discern whether a prophetic word is from God or not. You see, when someone speaks prophetically, many times you will have this sense of knowing, oh, yep, that absolutely seems—that feels like it's from God. Or sometimes you may have this, hmm, I don't believe that's from God. And that's the discerning of spirits. Um, also, discerning of spirits can be when you get a sense about a person or a situation. You know, just kind of get this, this, little, this little knowing, this little sense of, oh, a situation or, um, or even sometimes it's a person. Now, what we do with that, um, a lot of times it's, it's meant for you, you know, to ponder, to pray, to seek the Lord further on. What we're not talking about with the discerning of spirits is being critical of people. What we're not talking about is jumping to conclusions about people if you come across a person you get kind of a little a little knowing it doesn't mean that you can jump to a conclusion about that person maybe you're just meant to pray for that person maybe you're just meant to to take that to the lord and kind of see what that was about Um, again christian university and and if you go to a christian university i think that's great i'm not bashing them i think they're wonderful However, the one that I went to, um, there was a lot of silliness that would happen sometimes, all well-intentioned. And, you know, when you're young, you're naive, and so things happen. But we were um, out of town for a ministry trip, and we were in San Antonio, Texas. And after we had done some work, we were out um, in the t- going to dinner and walking along the river walk and stuff. There was a big group of us. And this man happened to rush by us, and he had a, little, a baby in a baby carrier He happened to rush by us, and I think he kind of bumped or nudged one of the guys in the group. And so, and then went about his way. And the situation was kind of weird and awkward, but long story short, the guy who got nudged, he kind of felt, he felt a little something. And he didn't quite understand what he felt, but he jumped to a conclusion. And that conclusion led him to call the police and report a kidnapping of a baby. It was so, you got, and so yes, the police came and... I was part of the group, so they're asking me, and I'm just like, oh, I, no, I, I cannot confirm that I witnessed the kidnapping of a baby. And unfortunately, they had to do their investigation. It turns out it was a cooler evening. The man was just trying to get his kid home, his little baby home, out of the weather, and it was not a kidnapping. It was fine. But you see, that was the, that was, he felt, the, the gentleman, the student that I was with, he felt something, and then he jumped to a conclusion. And that's not... What we're talking about here that is not what we want to see happen and you it's this is also not about name calling or calling people out if you sense something about someone that doesn't mean that you automatically call them out on it you know if you sense maybe someone's not being honest with you don't call them out automatically as being a liar just wait ponder take that to lord most times when you do get that discerning of spirits it's not meant for you to do anything with to the person most times it's so you can check your actions so you can act differently or act accordingly to the situation it's not meant for you to call someone else out you have a spirit of this That would not be very wise, and we don't recommend that at all, okay? So that's not what we're talking about here. So what is it that we are trying to say about prophecy and the discerning of spirits? What can we do when we sense God wanting to use us in this way? If we sense this particular spiritual gift being... um, being placed in our life how can we utilize that in the best proper way and there are three things now this is not a five-step process that's not what this is about but there are three things in which we can do and it has to do with our posture how we handle this stuff our posture toward being used in the prophetic number one should be with humility our posture should always be of humility Remember, this is not about us and how mightily God has gifted us. This is about him speaking something through us to benefit others. So we always have to be humble. And we always need to make sure that we're doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. Meaning, don't ever try to embarrass or shame someone because of something you feel like God has said to you for them. That is not humble. That is not loving. We need to make sure that we are being, um, we have their best interests at heart. We need to ponder how we give the word so that it does have the maximum benefit. We can't just assume that we know what to do with it. If we've been given a scripture or a picture or a dream or a vision, we need to ponder how we're supposed to deliver that. And then we also need to ponder the timing of our delivery. And by timing, I mean at what time do we say what we felt God told us to say? Because you could very well receive something from God, whether it be a, a, a word or a picture or a scripture or a vision or an impression. You can receive that from God and you feel like you know who it's for, but if you do it at the wrong time, that person may not be ready to hear it. If you just bust through because you're excited because you've got something to say and it's not God's timing for that person to hear it, you could really mess up the really cool thing that God wanted to do there. So we also need to consider the timing. We always, always, always need to receive the Lord's permission first. Just because you've been shown something doesn't mean you're supposed to tell it. And that's hard, I'm sure. But just because you've been given a dream Or a word or an impression or a scripture or what-have-you does not mean you're supposed to tell it you need to ask the Lord's permission first you need to allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate each step of the process we need to take our agenda throw it off the window take our assumptions throw them out the other window and just continue to listen to God Because if he cares enough to give you the word or the picture or the vision or the message or whatever it is, I'm guaranteeing you he also cares enough to tell you when and how to share it or if to share it. There are times when I've gotten something from the Lord and I knew I was not. It was just for me to pray about. It was just to bring me to a point of intercession for someone. It wasn't for me to share, but it helped me to know that this person needed my prayers. This has happened to me when I was dealing with someone who was kind of honoring, And I would have loved, I would have loved to be able to call them on the carpet on their honoriness. but God didn't allow that. Instead, he showed me kind of what was going on behind the scenes. And so then I was able to, when they came at me with their nasty attitude, I was able to just kind of take a step back and pray for that person instead of attack back. Sometimes what you are shown is not to be shared, it's for you, and it affects how you respond and how you react, and it takes you to a place of prayer. Finally, under the guides of humility, we need to be super careful to only say what God has said. That's it. Don't add to it. Don't embellish it. Don't, you know, fluff it up a bit. Don't try to make it more powerful or make it more jarring. Simply say what God has said and then shut your mouth. We don't need to add to it. Even if we don't understand it fully, even if it's just one word, you know, it's not up to us to make it happen. God is speaking and He can prepare that person to hear it. And it probably is exactly what they need to hear. If you go mess it up by adding your own two cents, then it all gets watered down and it's not as powerful. So only say what He's told you to say and then let it be. Let it lie. Now, secondly, we need to be open to testing. If we feel God leading us in the prophetic, we need to be open to testing. And by that, I simply mean submitting what you are sensing to others that you trust. Submitting um, what you feel God's saying to others to kind of test it out. And be willing to hear that maybe you're just off. You know, there are times that you could be wrong. And it's better to kind of talk that through with people that you know and trust and kind of discern that rather than going off and spouting something that that you shouldn't say. You know, there are times when someone may say to you, you know what, that's just bad pizza. That wasn't God. (laughs) That was too much salsa. (laughs) That wasn't God. Although I really question whether you could ever have too much salsa. But um, there are times when maybe it wasn't God. It was just something, you know, going on with you. So be willing to submit that to others that you trust to know. Test those things out. Um, allow them to speak into um, that process with you. You know, while we were in Houston for two years, I had so many vivid dreams. Like, God dreams that were so vivid and so... Um, I just, I mean, I could, I would just begin to write them down because they were just so much detail. But I didn't always feel like I was supposed to share them. And so what I began to do first was discuss them with my husband, Scott, because he's like, he's my first community. Um, We live together, so um, I would discuss it with him, and then we would begin to discuss it with others within our community, within our circle of people, just to process those things. And after that, after that testing, then I could see maybe what God wanted me to do with it, if anything at all. So it's important to be open to testing, to submit to others, and to process with people that you trust. And ultimately, finally, but most importantly, it needs to be clothed in agape love. Clothed in agape love. Agape love is others-oriented. Agape love is looking out for you and not for me. When I sense God having something to say through me for you, I need to make sure that his love is what's communicated first and foremost. This needs to be covered in his love. It needs to be covered in tenderness. And it needs to demonstrate the Lord's kindness and the Lord's love. Does that mean that everything we say is flowers and ice cream and sweet? No. Because there are times when God kind, kind of needs to realign us. There are times when there needs to be a little bit of a correction or or a little bit of a caution, like I told you about with with myself and Scott and our friend who said that word to us. But here's the thing. It should always be delivered in kindness and in love. I have been a part of situations where something corrective needed to be said, and it was said inappropriately. It was said in front of everybody. It was humiliating, and that person ran from God like you wouldn't believe but I also know of situations where it was said in humility and it was said in kindness and it was clothed in love and it was said away from the masses and, that, and it brought that person to repentance and it caused that person to turn to Jesus and embrace Jesus as never before. And so whenever God speaks, even if it's something corrective, it's always, always meant to, uh, to, um, to show you his love to speak his love to you. It's always meant with tenderness. It's always meant for your good, not to beat you down or humiliate you or make you feel belittled. It is always to draw you to him, to him who can be trusted with with your life to him who could be trusted with your stuff to him that could be trusted with everything you've got going on that is the point of him speaking to you is to draw us unto him so he can bring us in and help us and uh, heal us and bring restoration to our lives and bring transformation so always 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 make sure that it's others oriented self-sacrificial love when you're being used of god to speak his prophetic word amen All right, so we're going to enter into a time of worship again, you guys. And as the worship team comes, I want to encourage you all to um, embrace this moment, because when they're up here, and they're leading us, and the presence of God is here, and we're in unity, and we're singing together, embrace this moment. Do not be surprised if you begin to sense God showing you things, or speaking things to your heart. Pay attention to those. Don't just cast him aside, but pay attention and maybe ponder what it is he wants to say to you about the situation and ask him what you're supposed to do with what you're hearing. Allow God to speak to you. Allow God to flow through you and allow him to gift you to, to be with others, to communicate with others, to embrace others, and to help and serve others. We're also going to take an offering, so uh, the ushers are going to be coming forward. Um, I'm going to pray for you guys that I know that God is speaking, and I know that he has things for us to hear from him today, and I just want us to receive that, so let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for your life. Thank you for the way in which you speak to us. Moment by moment, God, I pray that we would hear, that we would be receptive to what it is you have to say. And God, as we enter into this time of worship, we thank you that your presence is here that your healing presence is here, that your restorative presence is here. Oh God, your redemptive presence is here. Your love is here. And I pray that everyone would feel your love just wrapped around them like a blanket, oh God. Bless this offering. Bless those who give sacrificially. Bless those who give out of abundance, Lord. I thank you that your kingdom will be furthered by what is taken up here today. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name, amen.